Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing with our study through Psalms and we come to some a really good set of Psalms. I feel like I'm saying that every single day, but I mean, this is just one of my favorite passages here uh, of all time that we're going to be reading today and looking into. Um, but the the set of psalms that we're, we come to today is Psalm 16 through 20. So that's the scripture reading. Uh, and let me know in the comment section um, over on the substack, which the substack, let me see if I can pull up the, uh, the, the uh, website here. It's shoutsofgrace.substack.com. You'd think I'd know that, but, uh, you, you know, sometimes I, I don't quite have that memorized yet. Uh, it's shoutsofgrace.substack.com. And I, I want you to go ahead and check that out. And if you're not following, go ahead and follow because we got some articles that are coming out there too. Uh, just going to promote one of them really quick here. Um, the family is a hill, excuse me, is still a hill worth dying on. And it really goes over a reflection of the Varnum versus Brian case, which was uh, the case that um, took uh, uh, or said that Gay marriage is legal in Iowa, and of course, Iowa responds with three Supreme Court justices being removed and not being retained. First time ever that a Supreme Court justice had not been retained, let alone three. Just an incredible thing, but we still do see the incredibly unfortunate impact and the devastation in the nation and on the state as well uh, in that. But I, I would really just suggest you going and checking that out, and if you get a chance, um, just Go ahead and share it if you if you enjoy it. Uh, enjoy it. I think it's good information. It's something good to think about, especially with 2024 elections coming up. We we need candidates that are going to stand on God's word and stand up for the family. And so I I just think you should look at that. But today, as we're we're getting into this, uh, we're going to be in Psalm. Like I said, the set is Psalm 16 through 20, but we're going to be specifically looking at Psalm chapter 19. And uh, we're going to read today Psalm 19 and Psalm chapter 20. So if you follow along uh, as I read, this is what it says in Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glories of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where his voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words unto the ends of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chambers, rejoices as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of heaven, and a circuit unto the ends of it. There is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret fault. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be blameless. Then shall I be innocent of the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Then Psalm 20 says this. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from your sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice, Selah. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all your purpose. 
we will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the King answer us when we call. Now, I really like Psalm chapter 20, and I really specifically like that verse that says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And I hope that's a, a banner verse in your life, one of those that, that you set up and that you remember, because there are so many people in today's day and age who they trust in horses and chariots, they trust in the physical things, they trust in the material things, they, they trust in, in simply what, what might make sense or what what might be most convenient or most pragmatic for them. And very few today look to God and put their trust in God and say, what does God want for me? Well, whatever God wants for me, that's the side I'm going to be on. And that's the side I'm going to choose because I'm going to trust in God. And even if the outcome doesn't make sense, I am trusting in God. And that's where we need to be in life is trusting in God. It is so much greater than whatever horse or chariot you might go and put forth before you or trust in. But today we're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 19. And Psalm chapter 19 really has two big divisions. The first division uh, or the first part is the idea of general revelation general revelation. The second part is what we would call special revelation. Now, the difference between these two things, special and general revelation, general revelation is creation, the things that God uh, creates, and, and uh, he is revealing himself to us through his creation. So, you can go and, and look out at a tree and you can go and say, look, there must have been a designer for this tree. Or you could go and look out and say, okay, let's take a look at the giraffe. Okay. Well, the giraffe has little bones in his neck that go and stop the blood from being pumped so high and so hard that it would go and explode um, his brain right? Uh, if his heart were just pumping and it didn't have anything stopping the blood flow all the way up to his brain in his neck, it would go in and just, you know, blow up his brain because his neck is so long. But also it's got those little knobs on its head. Well, that's where some excess blood goes in there once again to protect his brain so his brain doesn't just go and explode. But on the same token there, then he needs to have a heart that is big enough and strong enough to pump the blood all the way up to his brain. Because if you didn't have that, well, if you don't have blood in your brain, you're not going to make it. And so we go and we look at that and we say, we know that this isn't by accident. This is something that is by design, because if it wasn't designed, if it was missing one of these parts, if it was just caught in an in-between in the evolutionary process, if it, if it didn't have all of these parts functioning absolutely perfectly, what would happen? Well, 
the giraffes would be extinct, right? So therefore, we know that these parts, all of them had to work together. They had to work all at the same time. They're dependent on one another, and they couldn't have come over millions and billions of years, but they had to have come all at once, which means a designer had to give them to the giraffe at once. We look at that. That's something that's created, and we go, wow, that points to a designer, to a creator. It speaks of God. Now, special revelation is different. Special revelation is when God works specifically. There's a few types of special revelation, but the main type is, is that we think of is the Word of God. It's when it's when God speaks. Really, is when we see this. He goes and he speaks. So we 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 know that he uh, that that he speaks through his Word, and he told us to write it down. This is the 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 main uh, idea of special revelation. When we go and we look at this. The Bible also would go and say that, that Jesus was a type of special revelation. Of course, when God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, when he speaks audibly, when he goes and he does all those things, those are special revelations that we see here of God going and moving in that way. Prophecy would be a special revelation. All these things be special revelation, but it's when God directly speaks. And Psalm 19 deals with both of these aspects. The first one is general revelation. The heavens declare the glories of God. The firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech. Night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language where his voice is not heard. His line has gone out through all the earth and his words unto the ends of it. There is nothing hid from the ether. We see all this in scripture in Psalm chapter 19. And it is God speaking through his revelation bringing us to a point of understanding that there is a God. All of creation cries out that there is a creator, that there is a God, and it is speaking day unto day, night unto night. The heavens declare that there is, that that is God's glory. But then the psalmist switches and starts talking about the special revelation. And the special revelation specifically that he gets into is the Word of God, and dialing even more down is the law of God. goes and it says this, starting in verse 7, and this is one of my favorite verses, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. There is so much that we could talk about right here. God's law is perfect. What he has said is right is right. What he has said is wrong is wrong. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is no arguing about it. What he says is right is right. What he says is wrong is wrong. But then it goes and it says it converts the soul. What What is the purpose of what God says is right and wrong when it comes to the eternal soul of somebody? Well, first of all, it's the standard. It's what we're going to be judged against. It's the standard. This is what we've fallen short of in Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of the law of God. But the second thing is, is that the law of God is active and works in the evangelization. I don't know if that's really a word, but in evangelizing and converting people by going and convicting them, convicting their hearts. You, you know, this is important. And, and to, to put it simply, to put it at just an elementary, I, I mean, as, as, as simple as you can possibly put it. The gospel, it used to be prevalent to go and to share it this way, and you'd be told and taught and trained to be shared this way, that the gospel means good news. 
But before we can get to the good news, we have to go over the bad news. And the bad news is you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You've offended a holy God. What is this talking about? It's talking about that you've broken God's law. See, today there's come a real popular idea that we can go and evangelize without the law of God, unhinge ourselves from the Old Testament is what Andy Stanley said, which is wrong. But, but then there's also those who have really unhinged themselves from terms of, of, of law, of sin, of going and saying these kinds of words, which isn't biblical. That's the first problem. The Bible uses these words. I don't want to argue with God. When there's two options here, to be on God's side and to do things God's way, or to be against God and to not do things God's way, I want to choose to do things God's way and to be on his side. And so when it comes to this idea of evangelizing other people with sharing the gospel with other people, well, the law of the Lord is perfect and it converts the soul. It is the convicting agent. The Holy Spirit uses the law of God to convict people's heart. You have to tell them, hey, you've sinned. You've done wrong by God. You've broken one of his commandments. But you know, this passage of scripture as it goes, and it continues to talk about special revelation, it says even more about this. It says, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. What is this saying? Okay, so if you go and you say, oh man, the law of the Lord is perfect, it converts the soul. I have to tell people that they've broken God's law. Well, what happens if they argue against me? What if they come out and they, they're like, I disagree. You know, I, I have a different standard of morality. Well, it answers it right here in the next phrase. The testimony of the Lord, it's sure. It's sound logically. What God has said about something, it makes sense. It works with reality. Why? Well, go back to the first part of the chapter here, general revelation. God created the world. He created natural law. Therefore, his moral law is going to work with natural law, not against it. It is going to work in logical order. God's laws make sense with reality. So therefore, as long as you go and you just say what God says about reality and you continue pushing that person and asking questions and coming back to the reality that God has stated, you are going to win that argument if they come up against you and say, I have a different form of morality. Why? Because the testimony of the Lord is sure and it makes even the wise of this world, well, simple fools. Then it says the statutes of the Lord are right. And this should rejoice your heart, rejoicing the heart. See, when you continue on and you look at this, it's not just the law of the Lord in general. It's not just that his testimonies are sure, but even his statutes, how then you apply the law, how you apply the moral law, the Ten Commandments. If you go and you look at the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, and then you go and you read chapters 21, 22, 23, the, the, the following chapters, you see that it goes in and explains those laws. It, it, it doesn't just go and say, you know, thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder is a better translation. But, but we look at this, it doesn't just go and say, okay, everything is this. No, there's, there's uh, manslaughter laws. There's, there's also ideas of going and looking at what happens if an animal goes in and kills somebody. Well, the owner can be liable on that. If you go and you look at all of this stuff, it's, 
It's incredibly applicable, and it works out in the real world. And that should rejoice your heart. These aren't just high lofty constructs that we can't figure out how to apply. They're actually simple and they do apply and that makes us rejoice. God gives us the answer. It continues on and it says the commandment of the Lord, it's pure. You know, so many times I think today we think that the commandments of God, that, that, they're, that they're not pure. That's how they get presented. And a lot of times it gets presented this way. Oh, Christianity, it's full of rules, rules, rules. Well, no, the commandments of the Lord, they're pure. And they enlighten your eyes. You realize when you start looking at the commandments of God that they're guardrails to make your life better. Because sin makes your life bitter. That's the reality of it. God's commands make your life better, and sin, the slavery of sin, makes your life bitter. So stay within the commands of God. And then it says that there, uh, it says, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. You know, there's some fear when you fear somebody or something like that. Um, you know, if you you're a maybe maybe not even a little kid, but if you're a little kid and you 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 watch uh, a scary movie, I'll I'll never forget being a uh, I don't know probably about ten years old, and I was hanging out with a couple of my cousins who were a little bit older than me, and, and they were watching uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, and I didn't know what it was, but you know I wanted to 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 be with my cool older cousins that I was trying to hang out with, so I just decided to sit down and watch what they were watching. I didn't know what they were watching. Man, I had nightmares for a long time after that, and I didn't even watch the whole thing. Uh, When looking at that, you know, my dad came down, and he was like, what are you watching? And I go, I have no idea, but it's pretty scary. (laughs) There's some fear that's not clean, that, that, that terrifies you afterwards. But you know, the fear of God, it is clean. It draws you to the right. It doesn't give you nightmares unless you're not saved and you're, you're afraid of the eternal judgment of God in that way. And, and some people should be, and they should be having nightmares over that. My goodness, their soul is at stake. But they're, the fear of God, the true fear of God, especially as a believer, it's a clean fear of God. There is trembling that comes with it, but it is a reverence and a respect, and there is real fear that comes with it, but it's not one that gives you nightmares, but rather it's one that makes you bow before God and then have the ability to stand before any man. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and they are righteous altogether. And you should be desiring the special revelation, specifically the laws of God, the commands of God, the judgments of God, the testimonies of God, the statutes of God, more than gold and silver. You should be working on those and striving for those with your life even more than gold or silver. But I want to come to this last verse because I really think this last verse hits home and is something that we can all take home with us. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And then I always add an amen, because that should be the prayer of our life. Your words 
and your thoughts, you should want them to be accepted by God. So when we stop and we apply all that we've looked at today, the special revelation of God, how is your mouth doing and how is your mind doing when it comes to the law of God, the commands of God, the statutes of God, the testimonies of God, all of these things? Do you have work to do with your mouth? Do you have work to do with your mind? Well, if so, get to working on it. Confess your sin. Put on the new man. Find some good habits to put in. Take off the old man. Take off the things that are wrong. And then be acceptable in the sight of God. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And while we trust in Jesus, sometimes he leaves us waiting for his hand to move. But even in darkness, we hold to the promise. There's nothing we can't overcome so that